3: Welcome to it. Friday's here. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We are loaded up. Plenty of football to get into as we are eight days away. Nebraska, Illinois. Again, Hail Varsity on the road in Champaign. Friday shows, Saturday shows. We can't wait to uh, see all the big red faithful invade champagne urbana we'll see what that number is but uh, first things first uh let's get through the weekend and you know this is the last weekend of no college football for you till january of 2022 let that hit you in the face and sink in that's good that's outstanding one more weekend to get through well isn't there the one week before conference championship week somebody's plan army navy usually Okay. Yeah. Well, then the yeah no no you're correct. Yeah. Because uh-huh. you go from conference title games to to those, oh, yes, those early you're, crappy you're, bowl games. You're in Detroit for pre christmas <laughs> So there we go. Hey, the Bahamas Bowl. That's what I'm crossing oh, my fingers for. brother. I, this year. Yeah. I'll start rowing now. Uh, Bahamas Bowl would be no. Let's aim a little higher. Let's aim a little higher. Let's aim towards something for January first. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like worst case scenario, Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> that, that that's
1: not even that's not a bad worst case scenario. No. Like I'll take it, and I'd rather take it than like Detroit or any what of the other terrible Hi, ones? Mr.
3: Schmidt. This is your friendly banker. Would you like to take a small fortune? I mean, loan out to travel. For the Bahamas Bowl? Yes, yes, I would.
1: Hey, if it's looking like that's a possibility, I'm going to start hitting that row machine in the weight room just so I'm ready.
3: Oh, I'd be wheezing in two seconds. Parker Gabriel is 20 minutes away from the Lincoln Journal-Star, does an amazing job covering Nebraska football. Get Parker's thoughts as we are nearing the beginning of the season. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, his second appearance this week. Billy D is, I think he's still smoldering a little bit from – Brent McMurphy, you heard Billy D go off, and we'll talk to uh, the the pride of Fairbury about the upcoming season, his outlook, and uh, yes, the alliance that's back in the news between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. We'll hear from Paul Feinbaum uh, as as he is obviously throwing water on it. And uh, Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine and the Varsity Club podcast uh, we will check in with uh, Dr. Petey here at 525. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, 466-3776. And can find us if you're outside uh, the Lincoln area, 800-825-5865, wherever you hear us across the state. ESPNLincoln.com is where you stream us and can email chris at halevarsity.com. Follow us and tweet at us if you choose at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Uh, Herbal is uh, where you go for that. So we're a little more than a week away for Nebraska and Illinois, and you've had some some stories written, and, and maybe you've taken your temperature check. Some of you are easing in. Some of you are wait and see. Some of you are already fired up. The 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 red face pain is on because you you can't wait to to check out Nebraska. There's so many optimists. There's a lot of pessimists. There's some gray area in between. And you know buzzwords are important. And there's been a lot of buzzwords here through the summer and into fall camp. And uh, Parker was a part of the Journal Stars preview. And, and there's a number of buzzwords that have been pretty pretty prominent here and talent depth momentum pressure and november okay and to be honest with you i i look at at all of these words and and i can where's my radar at when i think of 2021 if i'm going to attach a word to 2021 what word do i think of when i think of this football team Is it is it the talent? Is it the depth? Is it momentum? Is it pressure? Is it November? That's what I'm wondering about. Where are you at and and what word in a word? uh, What what word best describes your, your feelings or thoughts or kind of defines this team? And and I think you could make an argument for, yeah, there's a lot of talent on this team. Talents, a word you can circle and say, when I think of 2021, man, it's about all that talent. It's about all that talent on the roster. And man, Scott Frost has said this is the most talented roster he's had. Totally believe him. And we see the body types. We see the skill guys. We see the offensive line. We see the defensive line. You have a quarterback. You've got a stable, a running backs. Man, talent is there. But I, I think a lot of us are waiting for it to show up consistently on the field. And there's some guys you're going to be leaning on that that haven't done it ever at this level because they've played at a different level, and I'm thinking of Toure, who could come in and light it up. I actually absolutely think he could be one of the best wideouts in in the, in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, you know, look at a guy like Gabe Irvin or uh, Marquis Stepp. I mean, uh, Savion Morrison or Ramir Johnson. I mean, there's... There's a number of names you can go through. So talent deserves to be part of the choice. Depth, that will be big time for Nebraska football on both lines of scrimmage, Elijah. We talk about Brandt Banks. Is he going to get the nod at left tackle? What's turned a Corcoran status? Uh, Sichterman's won the job. You've got You're going to get hurt in the Big Ten. Somebody is going to go down on the lines of scrimmage at Wisconsin, at Iowa, at Ohio State, at Nebraska. Go through the teams you think. Mad Minnesota. Look at Minnesota last year, right? I mean, what's the rallying cry up there in Gopherville? It's the fact that they came into Lincoln 35 dudes down and found a way, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, 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 they found a way to, to go 3-5, and five, but they got a win in Lincoln behind Moe running the football in that offensive line. So depth is is going going to be the tail of 2021. But it's not the word I'm 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 attaching to 2021. Momentum is there. It's also a strong argument because you've not seen momentum actually you've seen momentum towards the end of 18. But you haven't really seen momentum to start a season. Mother nature gave us the middle finger. Uh, you, you had things in the bag until you didn't against Colorado in 2019 last year was last year right so momentum's there November I haven't even gotten to November because I'm so anxious to see how next Saturday plays out I mean it, it, is, it is positive it is negative and there's no in between Nebraska can recover if they lose next Saturday Nebraska can flourish and still stub their toe, both can happen even if they win. If they win impressively next Saturday. Long season that depends on talent, that depends on depth, and for sure depends on momentum. November, not even thinking about it. I want to see how things go. I want to see how things go into Oklahoma. I want to see how things respond good, bad, ugly after Oklahoma. And then we'll talk November because it's going to be it's going to be like must see TV one way or the other. How do you close? How do you close Ohio State at Wisconsin, Iowa? I mean, that is your ultimate midterm first exam final bang right there. Teams that are competing in the West to win it. And then your your college football playoff team to start off that death march. Pressure is the word I'm going with. In 2021, pressure is the buzzword I would attribute to 2021. Uh, it's mounting as in, all right, is, is this thing going the right direction? More and more question marks. You've got the NCAA. You've got a roster full of talent. You've got a roster and lines of scrimmage with depth. You have a chance to build some momentum going into Oklahoma and maybe build some momentum all the way through the season to get to that November mile marker, barometer, measuring stick. But it is pressure. I am so anxious to see these guys with the red N on their helmet handle the pressure, deal and block the noise and then just go out and ball. Go out, go ball and do your thing. Let's see that talent on display when it is a third and eight and you got to make a play or it's third and seven and you got to get off the field. I am so geeked to see Nebraska's head man, his staff rally around him and his players rally around him and everybody kind of just walk through, as, as Coach Held would say, this smoke. Pressure is real, and I'm not saying that the head man's in danger. I don't believe that, nor should he be. But I do believe that, man, uh, a lot of eyeballs are in and on. How are you going to react to the noise? How are you going to react to the moment? How are you going to react to the opportunity? Because they put the work in. Uh, with the strength and conditioning. They put the work in with talent acquisition. They put the work in with recruiting to their scheme. They put the work in in getting bigger bodies that can rock in the Big Ten. How are they going to handle the pressure between the ears? And what, what does history tell me about Scott Frost? Scott Frost is a guy who came back to Lincoln and joined a team that had already won two national championships. Scott Frost is a guy... That got the hell kicked out of him every day in practice by a guy named Peter and Wistrom and the rest of the black shirts trying to force him to quit. Scott Frost is a guy that probably wanted to walk away, never, ever, ever did, and then absorbed a lot of arrows because, God forbid, he went 11 and 2 and finished sixth in the country and didn't win a third national championship. Uh, he it, when when it, when the going gets tough, dude, and, and you're about ready to count Scott Frost out. You look at 1997. You look at the Washington game as the springboard. We touched on it just a smidge yesterday. When you're ready to count him out, is when he comes through. So am I, am I predicting a, a double-digit win season? No, because of the schedule. But I am not. I I am not. I am not saying that that but in any means i think i think he responds i think he responds to the pressure i think this team responds to the pressure and i think they have something to say about the doubt that is leading up into this year when it's all said and done i think nebraska will respond because of what history's told me and history's told me that scott frost has responded right when it looks bleak and i think that's how this season goes i think they I think they head into Oklahoma 3-0. and You'll get my Illinois prediction here next Friday in Champaign. But right now, if I'm circling, if I'm predicting, I think you get an eight-win football team. Yeah, and, and, Don't burn the tape. This is ink. I'll, I'll, I'll put a note down.
1: Uh, what, what, the August 20th, hour one, segment one. I'll put it down.
3: Schmidt says <laughs> they win eight. Someone drug test Schmidt or give him a breathalyzer. No, I think it can happen. There's a lot of things that can go sideways, but it's real easy to say, oh, it's going to be a train wreck. Uh, they're about ready to hit an iceberg. I would not bet against the the football team or the head coach, even as bleak or crazy as it looks.
1: I, mean, I don't think that's the story of this year. The story to me of this year, the, the word I'd it's use. It's not pressure. It's not pressure. It's potential. And that's that's not I love one of the... the word. No, I like that you added the word. That's fine. Yeah, I'm going to add the word because that's what this team is all about because how many guys in this Scott Frost tenure have you looked at and said, man, that guy's got potential. And It's time to bring it all together. I mean, the the story of last year to me was question marks. You had question marks at wide receiver. Uh, When Dedrick Mills went down, you had question marks at running back. It was question marks of who's going to be quarterback, uh, who's going to step up on defense. And some of those question marks were answered. And uh, this season I think there's much – There's a lot less question marks when when you surround this team. It's basically who's going to be the guy at running back and uh, are the guys that we've been hearing about at wide receiver the real deal? Those those are the question marks. So it's unproven talent. It's unproven talent. It's all about living up to that potential. Can Adrian finally take that step that we've been expecting him to take? Uh, can the offensive line live up to what we're hearing out of fall camp? Can they live up to that potential that we've been hearing of of these guys are big and nasty and strong and are going to open some holes? Uh, Can the defense live up to the potential that we saw from them last season? Uh, Can they grow into what we expect them to be? It's all about living up to your potential, and that's something that Nebraska has struggled with in the past three years under Scott Frost.
3: There are some ways to ease pressure right? in this life. Maybe you pour a drink. Maybe you go for a run. Maybe you have a big old stake. I mean, there, there's outlets, right? And that that pressure with this football team, with this quarterback, it's a run game. It's an offensive line. It's physical football. It's it's okay to win games defensively. You want to talk about going with, with what you might be strongest at? It's okay to lean on a defense that's going to, some other people in the run game. Go ahead and lean on it, man. Get your special teams up to speed for the love of god. Let them be a difference maker, not a debilitator. And and let your let your defense let your defense go smoke some people cuz they are your strength going into 2021 while everybody else catches up. While your new guys get eased in, while those skilled guys get adapted to to Big Ten play. Find your tight ends. Get your, uh, get your quarterback some some help around him, a la 2018. Lean on that D. I like that. Pressure or potential, two words, as we uh, look for uh, a word that, that makes you think most about this upcoming 2021 season. Parker Gabriel's coming up. Derek Peterson on the way. The Pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman next hour. Hale Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
2: And we're back, fellas. If we could listen to the radio, on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
4: Yes, that's awesome.
3: Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. You can email chris at hailbarcity.com. We'll get to some emails here. Coming up, and uh, good to have you along on a Friday weekend edition, also back tomorrow morning. At uh, 7 a.m., reminder to buckle up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Let's talk to Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star. Husker Extra PGS, where you find him on Twitter. Parker, how's your Friday, man? What's up?
5: Oh, it's going pretty well. Uh, well. A little hot out there, but other than that, it's all good. How about you?
3: I'm good, man. I'm smiling because this is our last weekend of no football till January. Right. So, how are you spending this weekend? Uh, are you just going to relax, a little golf, a little grilling, or are you, uh, are you, are you cranking through all 2020 film of Nebraska football?
5: Yeah, it might be might be on the grill a little bit, but you know, there's a substantial amount of work to do too. When you write about Nebraska football and the game, there's a game a week away, so that'll be it'll be split between that. Maybe get out and enjoy the outdoors a little bit uh, one of the days, and then uh, you know, then it's then it's into then it's into the long the long uh, stretch here of 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 eight straight game weeks uh, before bye week.
3: No, that'll be awesome, Parker. I want to go over the the week not. Day by day, mind you, but just just the the, the, the impromptu presser with Trev and, and Coach Frost and the NCAA. And as you size things up, what were some impressions you have? I want to start with that. We'll get to football. We'll get to preview, but just overall, um, what what were your takeaways from from Wednesday? And you know, how do you think it it could affect the team here in a week?
5: Yeah, I think one of the things. To, I mean, I think one of the things to keep in mind when you're when you're talking about situations like this is that even though this sort of came into the public realm today, it came into public knowledge, or this week, Mm -hmm. became public knowledge this week. It's been known in the building for some amount of time. I don't know exactly how long, but either, I mean, weeks or months. And so uh, at least a month, uh, Trev Albert said it predated his arrival as the athletic director. So it's not like, it's not like the NCAA, Investigators are combing through practice this week and pulling kids out of meetings to interview them and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of it sounds like a lot of the interview stuff to the extent that players were involved, and that's already been done. So I just it became news this week, and it's certainly like it's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's not to say that distraction is impossible, um, but I think it's more likely to affect the day to day workings of of somebody like Scott Frost or Trev Alberts at this point rather than the players themselves. And I don't even know – I don't know what sort of burden the investigation is on on coaches and administrators at this point either. So, you know, it's not – I'm not trying to sweep it under the rug. I'm not trying to say that it wasn't – it was obviously big news and it's a sizable development. But if you're talking about, like, how does it affect the players on August 20th and beyond, I'm I'm not sure – uh, that it that it changes their day to day much at this point. Like Parker, I think the first day of school on Monday probably is like a bigger is like a a bigger mark uh, you know coming up for all those guys than the fact that this is sort of going on um, or has been going on for the past while.
3: Parker, give me a guy on offense that will have a breakout season. Give me one player on defense that has a breakout season.
5: Well, I think on offense, you know, you could pick a couple of those running backs. I, I really think that, that Samari Ture is going to have a big year. I mean, it's hard to – it's maybe hard to peg him as a breakout player since this is his first year at Nebraska. But I think people are going to get to know him pretty quick for a couple of reasons. He's, he's been around the block. You know, he had 1,500 yards receiving at Montana. Granted, it's a different level. But, but still, I mean, you don't just walk into that level and catch 85 passes in a season – And then he's also playing in the slot, which is a, I mean, that's a highlight position in this offense. And so I think he's going to be targeted a lot. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, And that, that position's put up historically, you know, substantial numbers in this offense. Uh, Defensively, there's a bunch of candidates. I think, um, you know, Nick Henrich has an opportunity to really to really sort of break out this year in the middle of Nebraska's defense. Um, You know, it's, it's imperative that he stays on the field and keeps himself healthy, obviously. But the coaching staff has said pretty flatly, if he's healthy and playing, uh, he's going to be really productive. Er, Eric Chenander said that a couple of weeks ago. So um, I buy that. He's a, you know, he's a prototype for what you want in the middle of your defense. And like, like Eric Chenander said, if he's on the field, uh, he, I think he's going to make plays.
1: Parker Gabriel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Parker, not a guy who's a, a really breakout candidate. We kind of know how he's going to be an integral part of the offense. But that's Travis Volk Like we saw on Twitter last night, he posted a photo um, with a caption in Latin that said, uh, a, a sound mind in a sound body. Is that letting us Husker fans know that he is going to be back and ready to go for Illinois? Do we know if he's back at practice yet?
5: Well, that's, that's the optimistic way of looking at it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know categorically what his activity level is like right now. Um, be nice if those photos they put up there were timestamped about when they were taken, you know, it could have been from the first day of camp, or it could have been from, from yesterday. So time will tell. Although, you know, the, the latest update from Matt Lubick on Wednesday, in the midst of all the other stuff that was happening on Wednesday was he said that the tight end room kept get was, would continue to get healthier. And he said, you know, we're going to be healthy there by week one. Now I don't, I don't want to necessarily take that as the gospel. That I means, oh, he—he basically said Travis Volkleik's going to play and be healthy and all that. I mean, we'll see. Um, but certainly, it seems like if you sort of put together all the pieces, it certainly seems like um, he's less. It, it's trending more toward, you know, um, the sh- the short end of time missed rather than being something more extensive.
3: Parker Gabriel's with us, Hail Varsity Radio, Lincoln Journal Star at Husker Extra PG. Parker, I really enjoy uh, the, the Journal Star's preview. And the, the buzzword section I was looking at, and you've got talent and depth and momentum and pressure in, in November. What, what uh, of those words, or do you have your own word? What, what word are you attaching most, or do you circle? For 2021, what what word do you think of for 2021?
5: Yeah, those were those were my five. So I'll I'll take credit or blame or whatever uh, for for those. Um, I think for it's hard not to attach pressure to this week. I mean, this coming week in the in the Illinois game. Um, but if you withstand that pressure and beat Illinois, it could turn to momentum relatively quickly you know Um, so I think honestly like uh, it seemed like a productive camp Um, we don't obviously see very much but it was quiet um, by and large they're mostly healthy by and large we talked a little bit about the injuries at tight end but um, that all is great and that could all seem like momentum momentum's really about Saturdays in the fall so I think it's going to feel more like pressure um, but if they get a win it could turn to momentum quick and then, you know, November November will be here soon enough. We can cross that bridge when we get there.
3: <laughs> you're right on, man. I mean I, I think November is gonna be incredible. But let's let's eat what's on our plate first, right? Let's let's That's see right. what That's happens right. in, in Champagne and I think you put it perfectly, that pressure can turn to can turn to momentum big time. Injuries and depth are so key. Uh, you're wearing the headset. Parker Gabriel's wearing the headset, and Adrian's got to come out and put a drive together. Who are you going with as the backup?
5: Yeah, well, I've seen very little of the uh, of the two other guys, so I'd be pretty ill-equipped to make that decision, Schmidt, but I think...
3: <laughs> You'd hand it I, off. Think, <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd punch. So, yeah, but the, yeah if, it's, if it's third and long, we we'll maybe just, you know... Really Yeah, screen draw and then try to pin him deep. Uh, But, no, I think, to to me, it seems the last few days, you know, they haven't named a number two, but the last few days, Scott Frost has really spoken pretty highly of Logan Smothers, and I don't think that's by accident. Um, It's just a difference at this point of, you know, it it might depend on what the situation is a little bit, but at this point, if you were, you know, if you were up by six, and there's five minutes left in the game, and you, you got to preserve a win. Um, I, I think that they, I just think Logan Smothers is a little bit further along in in operating the offense, being comfortable in the offense, um, and, and for us, that is much last night on the radio. Um, and they, they like the progress he's made with his mechanics. I don't know that he's ever going to be like the strongest arm guy. I mean, Heinrich Harburg has a world of talent and arm talent um, that is just a little bit different probably than Logan Smothers, but... They like the way Smothers operates the run game. They like, they like the way he makes decisions. They like the way he operates the offense. And, you know, in a, in a backup situation, um, that's, that's a big part of the challenge is having a guy that can um, have you in the right plays all the time, do the right thing all the time, and, and you know, to use the old, uh, the old axiom uh, that's probably overused, but, you know, sort of manage the game. Mm.
1: Yeah, the backup quarterback spot is a position where I really see that it's necessary for Nebraska to get up in some of their early games. Uh, I look at Fordham and Buffalo where you can get up and get the backups a quarter of action. Uh, do you see that happening this year? It's been a while since we've gotten a chance to see the, the backups get meaningful snaps in a in a game where Nebraska's up 35, you know?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the – you know, Fordham for sure, That's that's like – I mean, that's why you play a game like that. And so if you don't get that opportunity, you've really squandered something. I mean, obviously, like – the first goal is to win all of those types of games. And you see teams, not typically a school like Fordham, but you see teams lose by games, uh, you know, with some frequency. So you don't want that, obviously. Um, but, if yeah, if you get a chance to get up big, that's one of the biggest. It matters for everybody. It matters for a young linebacker that maybe gets some time or a, or a freshman corner, you know, Marquis Buford or Malik Williams or whoever it is. Um, and it definitely matters at quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you know, I think in the ideal world, um, you get Logan Smothers and Heinrich Carberg some some time late in games, whether it's, uh, you know, some time in the first three weeks or somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely the goal to to get those guys some live rest um, in in, a, in as low pressure an environment as possible this fall.
3: Parker, I need to know your your college football playoff four. Uh, bigger picture here. Uh, any any new name, or is it uh, the same uh, four dance partners?
5: Yeah, it's, I mean it's going to be tough for it to not be the 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 four. I mean I think you know the uh, in the north in terms of the usual suspects. You know I think um, I'm very interested. I think it's a big year for Oklahoma. You know like the that some people have them pegged as the number one team, number two team. I think they were number two in the AP poll um, at the beginning of the week. And so that's a, that's a group that now they don't have a, a cakewalk necessarily. I, I, it'd be very interesting if Iowa State could really, truly push them um, in the Big 12. That would be, that would be fun. Um, and I think Georgia, you know, we're not, we're not breaking a lot of new ground here, but Georgia and Texas A&M. They're going to have the opportunities in front of them. Whether you know A and M, you know playing playing Alabama, Georgia opens a season with Clemson, um, and then potentially gets Alabama in a title game type scenario. So there's a there's a lot of you know there's there's some potential, um, but it's obviously incumbent on on those teams to to take advantage of those opportunities. And then yeah, I think that the Big Ten sort of been an interesting spot. I mean, I've, I don't doubt. I don't doubt Ohio State keeping it rolling, um, but you want to see what the quarterback play looks like. You want to see what that defense looks like um, before you just anoint them as one of the top four. Um, and you just sort of wonder if there's another team in the Big Ten, whether it's uh, Penn State or Wisconsin or somebody else, that could, that could finally push Ohio State. But I think you want to see that before you believe it at this point with how dominant the Buckeyes have been uh, in this league.
3: Parker, awesome to chat. We'll get caught up again. Thanks for the time, man.
5: Yep. Have a great weekend, guys.
3: Chime in
2: 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
3: Thanks for spending time. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale, City, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star, last segment. Get that uh, checked out on demand, ESPNLincoln.com or ESPN Lincoln Twitter feed that's posted for you to hear. Some good thoughts uh, by Parker, Bill Dolman on the way, and um, <laughs> a lot of emails to get to. We'll hit that in a moment. Uh, can keep your emails coming, chris at halevarsity.com or dial us up 466 377 6800 825 5865 2021, in a word. What is that word? Elijah said potential, and he's right on. I think pressure, and I think Parker nailed it with pressure turning into momentum. I think that happens for the first time in the Frost era. So... Uh, let's get into what could maybe derail some of that pressure. Uh, that's wins. That's finding a run game. That's being able to exploit some of your matchup advantages with a guy like Toure in the slot or finding a, a hot running back to get downhill, to play some volleyball on that line of scrimmage. Quarterback, though, is where we're going to go. And, Elijah, I think you, you've got a couple of good candidates that you just haven't seen a ton from other than than the spring game and you've got Logan Smothers that when I think of him and we're, we're talking backup quarterback and historically speaking God forbid you, you've had just a, a guy that leaves it out there for his teammates in Adrian Martinez and is super uber talented but he's been dinged right he's been dinged and if 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 there's a situation where he's got to come out, where do you go and you've got some unproven i mean masker's obviously an option as well but logan smothers to me just seems like one of those just dudes that you you see on highlight films and you see ripping it up in alabama a guy that plays not hurt like (laughs) injured like let's Let's go to the emergency room injured, right? Because there, there's a bone sticking out here and he's going to rub some dirt on it. But situationally, listen, I, I think there's things that he can do in this office, offense with his athleticism in the ground part of things, where you've seen Nebraska use their quarterback a lot on the ground, and I think Smothers is a dude with his speed and, and some shake that can can be pretty pretty dynamic in the zone read game. And I'm not saying he's a nightmare throwing the ball no i think you can throw the football fine and it's been more refined with the mechanics but do we go back to an offence that can't can't open things up and go deep if he's in at quarterback throwing the football i i don't know well he, he reminds me of that same mold of quarterback
1: that luke mccaffrey was where
3: it's an athlete playing quarterback. Yeah, at, at the end of
1: the day uh, how he throws the ball is not the strength of his game and obviously we haven't seen him in any game reps i'm taking it from what i've seen in the spring game and what i've heard out of practice um but it does not sound like he's going to be the type of guy who's going to run the same offense that adrian martinez runs so i, I worry about the backup quarterback a lot i mean how many times have uh, we had a, a backup start in a game for Nebraska in the past three years? A lot, and a it's lot. not
3: gone well, and it's never,
1: never, ever gone well because, really, Adrian Martinez, this offense has been tailored to him and his strong suit or his his strengths, mm-hmm. uh, what he does well, and I don't think that. Smothers does the same thing as well. So uh, we saw how they
3: can both run well. We saw how
1: how limited that offense was whenever Luke McCaffrey's at the helm last year. He did some good things. Yes, he he could get the offense moving. Really struggled in the red zone. Uh, Really struggled whenever Nebraska was in third and more than five. Luke McCaffrey really struggled. So I, I do worry about what happens whenever Adrian Martinez takes a knock. Whenever he takes a quarterback draw and needs to miss even just one drive, mm-hmm. uh, it, it could come at a crucial time because it's the Big Ten. Injuries are going to happen, and as we've seen under Scott Frost, injuries at the quarterback position are going to happen as well. Uh, I, I think you, you want Adrian to start all 12 games. I think there's a lot of potential. That's why the running back is so important to take a load off of what Adrian's got to do running the ball because let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Adrian is still going to be running the football this year. It's still a very crucial part of this offense. So the, the question is, is can Smothers come in and do
3: enough uh, to to keep the keep the Ferrari going, I guess. Not wreck it. Don't scrape it. Don't uh, curb it. Right? Can you keep it between the the white lines? In in a guy like Logan Smothers, yeah. You 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 turn your offense into what he does well because you practiced a lot. You can do some zone read. You can do some quarterback run. You can do some play action and give him some some throws that he's good at and he can make. And you can. Find a way offensively and then, oh, yeah, by the way, lean on your defense. Let's talk Harburg for a second. And what Scott Frost said last night on his radio show is, you know, it's it's a consistency thing. And I'm paraphrasing. But as he put it, when, when Harburg, you know, looks good or when Harburg is good, he looks great because you've got the physical tools. I think you got something for down the road. And we also use the term gamer. You know, the the completion percentage for Harburg wasn't the prettiest. But, man, did he make some third down plays? Yeah. And, again, in the spring game, did he rally the squad to, to come from behind and, and make a last-second touchdown for the win? Yeah. So, while maybe first and second down throws weren't great or there was some inconsistency there, maybe his, his numbers were 9-21 or 9-24, he hit some big ones. <laughs> he hit some big ones on third down, and, and not, I just, not all
1: the incompletions were his fault either. I remember that one of going right off Xavier Betts' face mask.
3: Yeah, you you don't want to dwell on no number two, all right? But I'm saying, listen, depth is is key. Your biggest key is the quarterback. What's the depth look like? And I think Parker nailed it based on you know him reading the lines, and that is you might see a Smothers. Uh, enter in action if and when he's called to do so because of of potential injury. So email to get to. uh, This is from uh, our friend Greg in Michigan, Chris at com. Do you think NU keeps getting cheap-shotted by national media because Frost is really cocky? Doesn't seem like NU under Riley would be getting the same. You know, I think this. Greg, thanks for emailing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for podcasting. Hail Varsity Radio. I think there's a, a lot of national media that were, was all on the, the Frost bandwagon when he's 13-0. and 0. There's a lot of national media that went, wow. Scott Frost in Central Florida just took down Auburn that, by the way, uh, beat convincingly Alabama and Georgia the two teams playing for the national championship in 2017. I thought there were hot takes and bold predictions, and one of them raising both hands that I thought Nebraska would be playing in a in a conference title game. I, I, I thought they'd be where they needed to be in year three. Wrong. Wrong. Last year was weird anyway. So I just think there's a lot of egg on national media face, and it's easy to tear down once they've built up. We'll wind down hour one next. And now,
2: and now back to
3: Hale Varsity Radio. Will COVID has thrown their hat into the ring. Not here. Auburn, football coach Brian Harsons tested positive for COVID. Got a picture of him at SEC Media Days, and Harsons, he's got the proverbial Auburn tie. Orange, navy, gray. Good-looking suit. So, Auburn had a COVID outbreak this week, and some players are out because of testing, contact tracing. Auburn, one of the lowest vaccination rates in the SEC, although the school's medical staff does endorse vaccines. You know, you, you pray that you don't see this anymore. Don't know that that's going to be a reality, but... The responses to this story, <laughs> uh, it's pure gold when you got a gif of Nick Saban sitting down on a couch with all his rings on talking to somebody like he's recruiting, like I told you so. So there you are. Uh, Auburn, we'll see if they get to rock and roll here in, in two weeks for week one. But football's upon us. Good stuff. And, uh, I'm going to stick with pressure. You're going to stay with potential. And I'm going to put Bill Dolman on the clock with predictions. Bill Dolman's going to get the crystal ball out. Magic eight ball. Bill doesn't own a Ouija board. And we're going to get his take on the season. He'd always have some sort of insane score for all the years he's been coming on with his prediction. Nebraska always covers. <laughs> Bill Holman's <laughs> prediction, two hundred and seven to three or whatever it is. But man, so Buzz is the is the old Buzz creeping up amongst your buddies? Amongst my buddies? Yeah. Uh, it depends
1: which ones you talk to. I, I think my buddies are a pretty good. Uh a pretty good re- pretty good barometer pretty good representation of how the 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 general fan populace feels as a whole where i have a few that are like fully drinking the kool-aid like i think we can give oklahoma a run for their money this year and i got other ones who are going like we'll be lucky to get one in three at a non-conference so i think there's a really there's a there's a, there's a oh, wide wow. range um a lot of people are scared of buffalo a lot of people are scared of illinois a lot of people see fordham as the only real like that should be a w and i mean Fordham's the only yes. Fordham's the only one I'm I'm comfortable putting a W down in pen. Okay, really? Um, well, that's that's fair. But Buffalo, I'm close. Buffalo's like one of those pins that like has the eraser on the end. Yes. That you don't tell anyone around, okay. but you really gotta shake it, and it never really comes out that great. Gotcha. Like I'm pretty close in Illinois. I'm comfortable penciling in a W.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to go ink. A week out, I, you know. No, God forbid, there's a rash of things that happen monday and beyond as i talk to you friday i i feel good about a week from saturday absolutely i feel good i don't feel great that
1: that's where i'm at i, I mean I, I have some friends who feel like they're very worried about the game so I, i'm not in that boat yet and i i do think there are like there are fans that are in uh well here's all places as we are uh you know, what, days you're, away. You
3: know what you're worried about you're not even really that worried about illinois you're worried about Nebraska. You're worried about Nebraska, nebrasking themselves. That's what you're worried about. I'm worried about three turnovers, four turnovers. Well, yeah. yes. That's that, how it's that's, gone against Illinois. That and that is absolutely it. You're not really worried about the pig farmer. You're worried about holding on to the ball and getting off the field. All right, hour two coming up. Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Good stuff from Parker Gabriel. Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson, is on the way. We say hi to the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Second appearance this week. Bill Dolman with us, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, how's your Friday, man? Well, you know, it's uh,
4: going okay. I'm, I've been scouring uh, the Internet trying to get updates on the, the breaking scandal from uh, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday and really not finding much of anything on a story that I still continue to believe is not much of anything.
3: Well, that's it. I mean, it's we're, we're getting closer to, to game mode, Bill, and we are going to get some of your predictions. You can be as conservative as you like, or you can be as is uh, bold. Dead on accurate, as I always am. (laughs) Dead on accurate, as as he always is. But we were talking about different buzzwords, depth and momentum and pressure and talent. November, Elijah's word potential uh, was there. Vic, in in your uh, neck of the woods, uh, Vic from Denver, uh, said polished is the word. He wants to attribute to 2021. What's the word you have in mind?
4: Regarding Nebraska football?
3: Yes. What word do they need to be as we, uh, we, we look back in December?
4: Oh, okay. So you're not looking for the buzzword of, of fall camp in terms of uh, what everybody says about their teams this time of year when everybody is unbeaten and mm-hmm. nobody, and everybody's optimistic. You're wanting what do I? What is that buzzword going to be at the end of the year? Yes. Uh, better. Okay. I'd be happy with better. I'd be happy with uh, uh, fewer mistakes. I'd be happy with a lot of different things. But um, I, I just think I think better is what I want out of them, and that that encompasses a lot of things
3: it does bill dolman's with us sale varsity radio pride of fairberry nbc sports bill let's get into how they can be better right we talk about sloppiness and we'll get a little bit further breakdown from you next friday in champagne but you know what are you what are you worried about what are you worried about a week from tomorrow so you said Sloppiness—that's been
4: my problem really for the past few years. I—it it just continues to amaze me, uh, and I think this you know kind of goes back to uh, even even the Polini era of, of of how often Nebraska puts the football on the carpet. That that amazes me—the number of turnovers or near turnovers. Whether it's fumbling the football or you know throwing ill-advised passes into coverage, um, that, that I, I just I don't understand how how hard of a problem consistently Nebraska has in holding on to the football. Um, that, that mystifies me, and it's and it's been a problem for years now, and it's been a killer in so many ways, in so many drives. You know, second to that is penalties. Now, I'm not going to get into leaving a conference, joining a conference, having to pay your dues, wanting to actually play football, and having penalties called because of that. And what was it? I I, I don't remember the the stat because it was like a year ago Nebraska had gone, or Nebraska's opponents had gone, like 15 games or something like that without a holding penalty. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas Nebraska couldn't go 15 plays without having a holding penalty. There's just some some really bizarre uh stuff that is beyond conspiracy, right? Um, but nevertheless, you know Nebraska has had a penchant for penalties at some really bad times, and I think part of that though goes along with not being necessarily in in condition. maybe that goes with the, with holding on to the football too you know you you you're you're tired, you don't make you don't make uh smart plays, you make dumb mistakes you're out of shape and, and you end up, you know, trying to do whatever you can to make a block and you end up grabbing on, you know, so some of that is self-inflicted. Uh, so I'm hoping that Zach Duvall and all those guys, that they are in much better condition when it comes time to you're sharper, both physically and mentally as the game goes on. You know, I'm always been a big, uh, I'm critical of the holding up four fingers when it comes to the fourth quarter, but you better be polished and ready to play in the first quarter because it ain't going to matter in the fourth quarter if you've been sloppy for the first three, right? Mm -hmm. So Nebraska's got to be on its game mentally, physically, emotionally, in terms of discipline from the first snap of every game to the last snap of every game. But if it's sloppy early, it's going to be sloppy late, and you're going to have bad penalties that are going to cost you games. I go back you know, the Colorado game. uh, What was it, Scott's first year out here? Um, and they ended up getting beat. Uh, gosh, what was that, 2019 or something like that? And, you know, they come out and they're all fired up and jacked up. And they had Colorado like first and 15, second and 30, third down and 40. And then there's like a, a, a celebration on sportsmanlike conduct penalty. They kept the drive alive and they went down and scored. And all of a sudden the game changed completely. You know, you got to play within a certain amount of discipline or a lot of discipline so you're not sloppy that to me is the most important thing of all
1: Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio and and Bill when we talk to you on Fridays before games you're you're usually the eternal optimist with your score predictions uh, as we look at you know the the big games and I I just want you to to look at this season as a whole eight days out are you feeling more optimistic or, or pessimistic about what the Huskers can do in 2021
4: I I look at the I schedule and I, I don't I don't really see any reason why they can't go unbeaten and <laughs> pick, up, pick up even or, and pick up uh, a couple of more wins along the way. So I can see this team easily going fifteen and zero. Uh, that's just the way I see it. Um, you know, but that's that's me. I know a lot of people might be down on on the Huskers or something, but you know. That's just the way I, I see it objectively as a journalist.
3: No, I I get it. I get it. Fifteen and oh, Bill Dolman, you heard it here first and last that uh the big red will will go un, unbeaten and uh on their way to crash the uh the, the college football playoff. I love it. Uh what 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 concerns do you have here? Aside from Illinois, we talked about sloppiness, but when you look at their schedule, uh are you are you are you thinking there's going to be a lot of coin flips? Do you, do you put a, like a, a category together? Do you have wins, toss-ups, and losses? I mean, do, do you kind of give yourself three columns when you, when you put your garage schedule up and then you either go ink? I don't think you're a pencil guy. You just go straight for the ink. What, what are some of those coin flips? Give me, give, me, give me one or two that you're like, eh. If it goes sideways, that could be pretty detrimental.
4: Well, I think if the Illinois game goes sideways, I think that's going to, you know, be tough. And then you're looking at fourteen and one, um, and I don't think that would be necessarily acceptable. You've got, the, you know, then you got to bounce back in and get the rivalry game with Fordham, And Ben Scully U. And you know, anytime you have Nebraska and Fordham be on the football field, anything can happen. You know that. Uh, you've got the Bills coming to you know town on the eleventh. The now they don't have Lance Leipold anymore there, there anymore, so. Uh, I think they're going to be in a rebuilding mode with that program. They lost their running back that averaged like what 300 yards a game a year ago. Um, you've got a bye week on the 18th of September. Go to Michigan State uh, for a road game. You know that, that that's a critical game right there. You've got you know two early conference games in uh, August 28th and September 25th, and that's where your momentum is going to be gained is is winning in Champaign, and then. Uh, you go into Michigan State and you're you're four and zero and you went on the road in East Lansing, you know that sets your stage for the rest of your conference season. But if things don't go well in Champaign, mm-hmm. um, and you you know you give that kind of some of those road games that we've seen over the years, where Nebraska just seems to to play to the crowd, which is negligible crowds like at Purdue. Every time you go to Purdue, I think, to me that's the toughest place to play because there's nobody there and nobody cares. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the toughest games. And I don't know what Illinois is going to be like with Brett Bielema there. There may be a great atmosphere. There may be none. But Nebraska has to make sure that it's on top of its game and not play somebody else's. But I think the Michigan State game and the Illinois game, to me, are vitally important in terms of the direction of the of the conference season and how everything's going to go. And if you don't come out of, uh, you know, uh, September with, you know, an unbeaten record, maybe four and one. Maybe I'll let one slide. Um then it 's I think you 're probably in a lot of trouble if you go if you're 500, yikes. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, but you 're
4: under five hundred thanks mhm that's but that 's just you know somebody you know down the road that 's not the eternal optimist that I
3: am speaking four and one I think out of september'd be be pretty big time bill uh, a thought with Nebraska and specifically adversity, and you covered Scott, you know Scott, you were here with him and, and the team in ninety six and also, you saw kind of the, the emergence in 97 and, and how he dealt with the ups and downs. And he still had a really good junior season. But you were also there like during practice when it was, uh, it was ritualistic hazing time in the, in the form of full contact football where that defense would try and make him rethink football. And tell me about Coach Frost as you know him, how he responds – literally with the back against the wall because we've got this pressure, this noise, this build up, the question marks, the the direction of the program, the you know, the Dennis Dodds of the world and the hot seat rating, all of that as you look at him now years later, how do you think he responds and has his team ready to respond with this build up for year 4?
4: Look, well, the the thing that that struck me as I think back to those years is the thing that he had was the 100 percent backing and belief of his coaching staff not just tom but i mean every you know i, I can remember you know milt Teniper was such a, a great you know loving guy everybody loved milt everybody loved dan and you know um ron and turner and, and you know, that staff was fully behind him, you know, and going into what was, you know, a, a tough season in, in you know, 96 and 97 and, and all of that. Um, so to a certain extent, you know, who's behind Scott now as a coach? Well, you hope Trev and the administration, um, the athletic department, the fans and all that. But I think, through the you know whatever controversies there were with Scott from you know going to Stanford and you know I'm not going to get into everything okay, yeah. but all that 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 led up to '96 and '97, you know I, I think Scott knew no matter what criticism there there was outside of the program that his coaches had his back and not just supporting him but loved him, and that to me I think was critical. And, you know, I go back, you know, Scott had the great game against Tennessee and, you know, uh, other good – I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but the, the game that really stands out for me in Scott's career was Washington uh, in Seattle. I mean, be, we won that like, game like 27-14 to 14 or something, and that game could have been 77-14. to 14. I mean, Scott just rolled through them. The whole team was on it, and it, it, they just kicked their ass. But and I remember after the, the scene in the locker room after the game – just the genuine joy that you know, coaches had for him, you know, giving him a hug, and, and, and because there was so much on him in that game. And I've said this before, I remember Tony Barnhart on game day saying something like, at a big game, and i got to trust Scott Frost, I don't think so. And they went out there and, and just kicked their ass, like I said. And they weren't supposed to. But that game was really on Scott as a quarterback and as the leader of the Nebraska football program and the, the joy and the love they had for him, I think he felt that. And especially after that game going forward and look what happened now, Scott needs to impart that with his staff on his players that he has their back and that there's a genuine, you know, emotion and, and support and feeling within that program. And maybe that, you know, I, I heard this is, is a interview that the other day that the unity council was back. Well, I hope it is. And I hope that maybe that's where Jay and Jason, you know, Foreman and Peter, have, a, have, a, have a, a sense of what that unity council means for the entire program and the staff and the players and get behind each other and accountability and a genuine concern, you know, for each other. So, you know, those are the kind of things that stand out to me in terms of, of supporting Scott and supporting players is that it's genuine. And if it's genuine, that, you know, that will result in good things on Saturdays.
3: Bill, I have just uh, one minute. One minute, but this, this alliance that we'll know more about next week, what would you do for the football side in a minute uh, with the alliance? How would, you, how would you break it down? It's too short a time, but can you give me a quick answer?
4: With ACC and the Pac-12?
3: And, and the Big Ten.
4: And the Big Ten. I, 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 first thing I would do is not do anything out of haste. No. <laughs> I'd, I'd sit back and go, okay, what are we going to do here? And why are we doing it? All right. And how can we evolve with the SEC? Because we are going to move into an era of a 64 team NCAA, or not even NCAA, football league. Let's just get together and let's, let's think this thing through before we make any rash decisions. That's the most important thing. Get together and then don't do anything. <laughs> All right. Makes sense. We'll do something later. <laughs> but right now, everything is just knee jerk reaction. Sure. You know? So stay away from your knees.
3: No, and yeah, <laughs> knees at my age, yeah, be careful. Pride of Fairberry, Bill Dolman, and uh, follow him on Twitter at Bill Dolman, uh, NBC Sports. Billy D, have a, a great weekend. Enjoy uh, Denver, enjoy Colorado. We will talk to you from Champaign next Friday with the Hale Varsity Roadshow. And
4: I'll have a complete breakdown of the game next week. There's no question about it. I can't, That's all I'll be doing. I can't
3: wait for, for your take and your prediction for sure. Bill, be good, brother. Thanks so much. All right. Go be Red. There he is. Pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. Dr. Petey. Derek Peterson's on the way. We'll take your calls as well with Hale Varsity.
2: And now. And now. Back to Hale
1: Varsity Radio. Back in it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery, taking you through a Friday. I was, uh, excited to sit down with uh, an author for Hail Varsity Magazine, uh, now working out in Chicago. It's Derek Peterson. Find him on Twitter at drpdhv. And, and Derek, how I want to start this off is we're eight days away from kickoff, Nebraska against Illinois. Uh, first things first, are, are you making the trip from Chicago down to Champaign, uh, and then uh, also just rate your excitement for this season as as compared to your nervousness. I, I
0: was uh, scheduled to go to Champaign. Um, I was going to be with the Hale varsity team there. We had a um, family emergency, and uh, so I had to. I, I'm back home, and I'm back home in Oklahoma right now. Actually, power washing my uh, the driveway of my father in law. Um, so I, I will. Uh, I'll be here for the next couple weeks, and I and I won't be in. Uh, I won't be in Illinois, but I'll be watching the game.
1: Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Derek. Um, but as we like look ahead to this eight days from now, like is it excitement? Is that what you're feeling? I mean, just so many questions about this Husker football team, so much drama with the NCAA investigation. It just feels to me like I'm ready for this season to get underway, kind of get all the other crap out of the way and just play football.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if I would necessarily call it excitement. I think there's just a lot of anticipation um, to see sort of what this looks like. Um, because, you know, with all of the extra stuff that's happened, you know, we, we, as we get closer to the season, it really reaches a point where you, you sit and think, um, you know, this, this has to be it for Frost. This, they need a good season. because um, if not, you know, um, questions are going to start getting a little, a little louder. So, you know, with everything going on, with all of the distractions, obviously the NCAA investigation, um, and then all of the, uh, the hubbub that happened with Oklahoma earlier in the summer and all that other stuff. Um, I-, I just think Nebraska needs this season to be a good one um, on a number of fronts. And so, you know, for me, it's—I I- I think I have a pretty good idea of what the defense is going to look like. I have some optimism about what the offense is going to look like, but I don't really have any um, any sense of certainty about that optimism. Um, they-, they could, you know, be an average offense. They could have a a really, really talented offense. Um, They could struggle again if, you know, the the mental mistakes continue to be a thing because, as we've seen throughout this offseason, mental mistakes continue to be a thing. (laughs)
4: Um,
0: So I I think for me, you know, maybe not excitement, um, but definitely a lot of anticipation um, about what is is potentially uh, coming with this season. There's going to be a lot of big opportunities for Nebraska to have statement performances, potentially statement wins. Um, and I think, I think with Wisconsin still um, a little iffy. I have questions with Wisconsin. I, have, I don't think Northwestern is going to be – I think they're going to take a step back. Um, and then you talk about, you know, um, I think Iowa will be pretty good. But it, it seems like the Big Ten West is, is pretty wide open. So Nebraska is going to be uh, pretty effective on offense and, and be more explosive than they've been in the past. And they've got some chance to they, – they, they have a chance to make some noise. And So I think there's just a lot of, use the word again, anticipation uh, on my part to kind of get this thing started and stop talking about hypotheticals and start seeing what it actually looks like on Saturday.
1: Derek, the, the looming cloud over the the team this week has been the NCAA investigation, and we'll get to that in a second. But with kickoff eight days away, as I said. Uh, just do, do you think that, that this distraction it just came at a bad time? I mean, a lot has been made of how important this game is for Nebraska to get off on the right foot and to get a win against Illinois. Uh, Scott Frost said uh, in his uh, his radio appearance this week that he didn't think that the team was really all that affected by this. Do, do you believe that? And, and do, do you think that it's, it's, it is important for Nebraska to, to put these distractions to the side and put full focus on Illinois?
0: Um, I don't, I don't think this is, this is something that would necessarily distract a team. Um, because it because it deals with an improper use of an analyst and, and potentially some other stuff that would be decisions made above uh, the heads of players. But it's not, you know, it's not like a situation where like a player did something they weren't supposed to do, or you know, people were getting impermissible benefits or, or whatever. It's not, you know, it's not a situation like that. So I don't necessarily think that it'll even um, register for the players. I mean. You know, I had Adrian Martinez on my podcast, and and or I think it was Jojo Doman a couple weeks ago, um, right as Trev Alberts was introduced. And one of the questions that I had always wondered was like, what is it, What is a player's interaction with an athletic director? Because I, I think most of us would think like, oh, this person sees the athletic director because he's the boss and he's around, and um, there's going to be interactions. And Jojo said basically that he doesn't really ever see the athletic director. Um, I, I think you know, with some of the uh, the more administrative things associated with the game. Um, players are pretty well insulated from that. You know, partic- I mean, they're, they're college students <laughs> that have a college schedule and that have uh, a football schedule. So those are pretty much the, the two things that consume the most of their time. Um, if it's going to be a distraction for anyone, it'd probably be the coaching staff. Um, so I, I guess we'll see. I don't think it'll be too big a distraction. I'm curious what happens as it relates to Frost. Um, but, you know, you talk about like, will it impact Saturdays? Will it impact play calling? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, we'll, we'll see how quickly the investigation moves and what comes of it and what more, if there's anything else that comes out. Um, obviously, you know, stuff can change, but, you know, I, I don't think this really moves the, uh, the needle too much into the red or, like specific players on the team, they got enough stuff on their plate to worry about. I don't think that this really registers for them. Well, well 're but that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Derek, you talked about the the distraction could be for the coaching staff. Well, what did you take away from when Scott Frost met with the media on Wednesday? I mean, the arms crossed body language was pretty evident. Um, and, and then you, you had Trev Alberts really not able to say that much. But what was your takeaway from uh, from their meeting with the uh, the media?
0: It was interesting. I want to kind I don't want to make too much of body language just because like if I put myself in frost shoes and I'm like in trouble, I'm not going to want to go stand up there and answer questions that I know I'm not allowed to answer, um, or, or get asked questions that I know I'm not allowed to answer because like, you know, Trev was right. Like there's not a ton that they can say during an open investigation, um, if they're complying with the NCAA and doing all the things they need to be doing, there's not, there's just not a ton that they can say right now, um, and so to have, you know, to to have to stand up there after practice when you're eight days away from the season, like I can understand frost frustration. Now that doesn't excuse rule breaking. Uh, if there was rule breaking, um, you know, <laughs> don't break the rules. And and but you know, it, I, I can understand frustration, and so um, that was really what I what I took from. The body language conversation, it can be a a little overblown at times. But, like, you know, I think we'll see. I mean, no coach wants to have to deal with the NCAA looking into their program because, you know, you have to be squeaky clean if the NCAA is looking into your program. So, you know, I imagine it's a stressful time for Frost right now, and um, that was clearly on display.
1: Derek Peterson's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find Derek on Twitter at Dr. PDHV. And Derek, I want to get back into the, the football talk because, again, kickoff eight days away. Uh, it, it's getting into crunch time for this team. As, as Nebraska goes up against uh, a first-year coach in Brett Bielema, Illinois, uh, what do you think some of the keys to this game are going to be? I mean, Nebraska turned the ball over, I think, three times last season and four times uh, the season before. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but Illinois has gotten the ball in some some plus territory against this Huskers team. Uh, so obviously taking care of the ball is going to be a, a big key for this Huskers team this week. But just when you look at it on paper, the Huskers should be the more talented team.
0: Yeah, they should be. For Nebraska in, in games like this, this season, it's really simple. Take care of the football um, and find a way on offense to generate some explosive play. Um, that's been, you know, they've been, if you look at the numbers and, and Brandon Vogel had a, a piece on this on HillVarsity.com when he previewed the offense, like if you if you look at them, um, just purely objectively as, as an offense, you know, what an offense tries to accomplish. So far, they've done a pretty okay job um, at, at, at a lot of the stuff that an offense tries to accomplish. But they don't hang on to the football, and last year they couldn't generate explosive plays. And so Nebraska, from a talent perspective, is, what, maybe the third most talented team in the West? Second most talented team? I'm sure you know some people with with a glass of Kool-Aid in their hand, could say the most talented team in the Big Ten West. Um, so, you know, when you're, when you're at that point, when you're facing a team like Illinois with a new head coach, um, when you're facing, like, the Northwesterns of the West, um, you know, you Purdue, also Purdue in that category, um, take care of your business, and you put yourself in a good position to win. So, you know, it, and really that's been the talk all offseason long In Nebraska offensively is we need to take care of the football. We need to limit the turnovers and we need find a way to create more explosive plays to the downfield passing game. Um, if Adrian Martinez was super accurate this spring and into this fall, that's great. What does he look like when he throws the ball 35 yards downfield and who is down there trying to make a catch on the ball, trying to make a play on the ball? Um, those will all be interesting things to watch just because it's the first game and you know because it's a Big Ten opponent. Um, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be close, probably closer than uh, people would want. It's not going to be comfortable. But if you take care of the football, which Nebraska hasn't done, and you generate explosive plays, which they've struggled to do, then you put yourself in a really good position to win. So that's going to be you know, the thing that you look at whenever Nebraska plays um, these first few games on the schedule.
1: Derek last thought here we got about a minute left uh, what do you think is, is your storyline to watch as we enter the uh, the game week essentially for this husker football team there's still some question marks along the depth chart uh, but what, what's the number one thing that that you're gonna be looking for running back uh, wide receiver that the other cornerback spot uh, just you know uh, there's still some question marks along this team so so what are you looking for
0: well, I guess you know I've been I've been out of pocket for the last couple of days so I has there been any resolution on the running back spot or is that still up in the air? Still up in the air. So That's, that's it right there. I mean, who's, who's going to be the guy? Do they feel like they have a guy? Do they feel like they can go with the, uh, the bell cow approach? Because most running backs you talk to, they want to be able to work themselves into the game. D.J. Mills was that way. Divino Zigbo was that way. They want to be able to you know, get into the rhythm of, of a game and work their way into it, not come in for two snaps two or three snaps and then go back out and, you know, and Frost said in the spring he doesn't want to go by committee. Um, so, yeah, if that running back position is still undecided, then that's, that's the key storyline for me as we go into it.
1: There he is, Derek Peterson. You can find him on Twitter at DrPDHV. Derek, before we go, uh, this is my, my interview. Chris not in the picture right now, so a quick question. Tottenham Hotspur beating Man City and then losing to a team that I've never heard of before. Sounds pretty spursy, right?
0: <laughs> you had to do it. <laughs> um, it it seemed to me, based on the lineup that Nuno played, that he did not care about the Europa Conference League, which doesn't bother me. I would not like to lose, even with like U16s or U17s or whatever the team was. But like, it seemed like he was like, we don't want to be here, uh, so we don't really care about this. Let's focus on Premier League football, which... I guess I'm fine with. They beat City, so I'm
1: really happy. I'm with you on that one. Derek, appreciate the time today. Have a good one. You too. Thanks,
4: man.
2: And we're back. Fellas, oh, did we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
4: Yes! That's awesome!
3: through a Friday, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Weekend edition, tomorrow morning, 7 to 9. Good stuff from Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey, Bill Dolman was money, and uh, Parker Gabriel earlier. Elijah, Bill said don't do anything, don't need jerk but let's get into this, uh, this partnership. There's some more legs to it. The scope of the uh, alliance here between the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12, is uncertain. That, per ESPN's report, uh, according to 1AD, the initial conversations were going to be about all sports, but recent discussions have focused solely on football and men's and women's basketball, which I totally get. Those are your biggest moneymakers. Do we have a Paul Feinbaum uh, crap balloon to drop on this? Not yet. Soon, Paul Feinbaum will shake his bony little finger at all three leagues because they are not the almighty SEC. He is laughing at this. This alliance serves as an opportunity for the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, who's been uh, on the job less than two years. Jim Phillips, who should be the Big Ten commissioner, is not, who's now the ACC commissioner and then the new uh, Pac-12 commission that's George Clackoff, who's uh, from Vegas, baby, Uh, It's a chance for them to siphon some political clout, be a mover and shaker, get the spotlight on them, make a nice impression. And above all, do what? That is get TV eyeballs. It's about getting a conglomeration of folks that will watch games. And what games are you going to watch? You're a Nebraska fan, you're going to watch whenever nebraska's on in person or on btn on espn on fox you're going to check it out but if you're if you're a network and specifically if you're a league and you're going to different networks to keep that flood of money it's 55 56 60 million dollars per team like the big Ten's chipping off every year to rutgers to nebraska to michigan to ohio state you need some some appetizing matchups. Elijah, you get that, bro, with a scheduling alliance to get Oregon and, and Ohio State to play. Oh, that's right. They are already this year. But I'd love to see Clemson, Ohio State. I mean, look at Georgia. They're opening up with Clemson. The, the bigger question here is Nebraska's got uh, future games with Tennessee. They have future games with Oklahoma beyond next year. You want to be able to still play some teams in the SEC. Nebraska's done the the ACC thing, Virginia Tech and Wake Forest, if you remember. They've done a lot of Pac-12 just because California is so vital. What's Paul Feinbaum think?
6: In the past, I'll just point you to last summer for, uh, for a point of reference in alliances. Usually uh, in years past, the SEC's closest friend, among conferences has been the ACC. Uh, I think in 2008, the ACC and the SEC tried to get the uh, plus one enacted. It didn't work. As far as alliances, the SEC and and the Big 12 have been close over the years. Uh, The the Sugar Bowl uh, tie-in between the Big 12 and the SEC, the, the Big 12 SEC Basketball Alliance. That's all over now. Uh, and what, what all these other leagues are saying is the SEC has left us behind. To me, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for proud conferences like the Pac-12. Well, let me, let me scratch that. Like the Big Ten and the uh, ACC to join with the Pac-12 and pretty well admit that we're having to combine forces to compete with the SEC. And I still I cannot wait for the explanation next week when these commissioners get together, about why they left out the Big 12. That's where all this began. Uh, The SEC allegedly raided the Big 12, uh, but these guys are not backing them up either.
3: Embarrassing is, it's been a a day full of words. (laughs) Uh, Embarrassing is not it. It's the reaction The move that's embarrassing was from the SEC. You either... Well, they kept that thing under the wraps. Listen, the SEC is going to go do what they do, right? They have a partner in ESPN, and they have a platform. They've got the network. They've got streaming. They have Disney. I mean, they've got it all, and they're going to go their route. They had to make a move to make more money for their teams, because... Status quo still wasn't earning what the Big Ten's paying with the TV deal. Jim Delaney, thank the Lord, uh, cut the the TV deal off at six years. So the Big Ten's still going to be first to re up. And if they can get in front through Barry Alvarez's help, and I know there's not a lot of Barry, there's some Barry Alvarez fans, but when it comes to strategy and schmoozing, and knowing football, I want I want Barry in the room with Kevin Warren, okay. Business wise, and if you, listen, you're going to have a nine or a ten game schedule, Elijah, for the SEC, and it's going to be sweet matchup after sweet matchup because guess what? You're going to see Tennessee and Florida. You're going to get Georgia, Alabama. You're going to get you're going to get the the Pirate against LSU to open things up. That's all well and good, and you're going to get. Two or three heavyweights from the SEC down in the old Peach or Chick fil A dome, and they're going to sound off against a Clemson or a Miami or somebody. I mean, they're always going to be that showcase uh, neutral site game to kick off college football. There's no reason you can't do it if you're the ACC and send, you are now. I mean, Clemson's involved with it. But if you're the Pac 12, and the, the, and the Big Ten or some of the other ACC teams, like in North Carolina, if they're good, right, or Virginia Tech. They've played in these games before. But give me Oregon to open the year up against Ohio State. And if they rematch in the college football playoff, awesome. Give me Nebraska-Colorado. Please. Please. And throw that son of a gun in mile high. Give me Nebraska-Miami.
1: There's, there's some fun matchups. Give, give
3: me that more often. How much? How much blood was in the water in 2014 with the you coming in for a night game? Yep. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was an entertaining game. It was fun. Nebraska won. Be better if it was no. If it was January, but you get my point. It, it was great, and there are there are some fun ball games that you can build in and still leave yourself a chance to play Oklahoma. And I know we're getting real heavy with schedule on top of your conference schedule, the way things are going. But that's what the Big Ten's been doing anyway. Nebraska's had Ohio State every year because that's going to sell to the TV, uh, to the networks. They want to see the best teams against uh, the best teams. You want to see the best games on a platform.
1: And the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 are doing this in a way that doesn't ruin the integrity of college football. No, that's not A 16-team rating super conference that was created under the table,
3: keeping it secret from everyone. That's what's embarrassing here, Paul Feinbaum. Nice take. I say this. Yeah, you're not going to go raid and break apart the Pac-12 and take their top six like we were talking about a month ago or three weeks ago. You're doing it in a way that benefits everyone. Right. You're keeping college football alive and well in all regions, not moving it all just to one region that's Crazy for it, and it's awesome. We'll wind down a Friday. It's Hail Varsity. City. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
2: Miss Us? Come here, brother. Give me a we Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailbarCity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
3: One final time, a little dark out here in eastern Nebraska, capital city, but uh, we'll survive it. So, Elijah, what is the agenda for this weekend? You're going to ice up before the big weekend of football, Big Ten, Week Zero. Can't wait, man. Can't wait for it.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it might be. Finally, the time for me to try all those corn methods that we uh, that so we just killed You're just going to get a, a pot of boiling water and then just go after it. Well, a, a pot of boiling water, a with lemon juice, b with some cream, some olive oil, some salt, some pepper. Like, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try these methods and see what
3: the best. I've is, been doing it wrong for years. I've been doing it wrong for years with my corn, mm-hmm. either on the grill or in the pot. Thank God we had that corn show three day three uh, weeks ago, and. Old Calvin Klein, friend of the firm, not that Calvin Klein, but old Calvin did the the best I've ever had pork chop wise a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago on his grill, and I always just like sear the heck out of it. I cook fast and and hot, mm-hmm. and I know that's not like super bright, but I don't want to always do the smoker. I'll I'll do my grill, but throwing it throwing my my pork chop on bone in at about three... My grill, it's hot, so it's going to keep creeping up towards, at a minimum, even if you got all the dials turned as low as you can go, it's still going to hit 400. So I was able to, to, you know, about six, six and a half per side at about 375. Mm-hmm. And I did that a couple nights ago, and it was, it was perfect. Really? And, and I, I've been very generous with the amount of old bay I use on my pork chop. Because it's it's just got that extra kick.
1: Well, hey,
2: I, I mean, should
3: buy stock in Old Bay. There's all these sodium warnings out there, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm with I, you on that. I, sodium listen, is one of the greatest joys in life. Well, <laughs> careful, my friend, <laughs> says Mister Kidney Stone Surgery re- recipient twice. So, be careful. <laughs> but I, I pack all of my salt intake into pork chop night. <laughs> See, I, I, the, the problem is- If is, I use Old Bay, I won't use any salt. It's it, it, the deal I've made with the Almighty. The, the, the salt addiction, I think it runs in the family- um, <laughs> it's my Salt And then there's the kosher The kosher salt You just take a mm-hmm. handful of it And you throw it on Oh it's great See I, I come from a, a Grandpa that salted everything
1: Like he'd go to the Italian restaurant And he'd salt his pizza And then salt his salad And then salt I his salt pasta I salt the salad
3: Yeah it, it makes it better Exactly Oh it's so good But apparently that's not A normal thing to do No it? No yeah <laughs> You don't put salt On ice cream do you You're not that guy Have you ever tried that I like that? A salted caramel ice cream Oh, well, so do I But I mean there's There's an episode in Mad Men Where the, the, the crazy grandpa's eating chocolate ice cream at, at night with his granddaughter and it's really cool it's sweet but he has salt out and he's salting doesn't sound that bad
1: you gotta try that on, on a vanilla ice cream probably not on a chocolate ice cream that could play that could play but like my dad loves him some salt i didn't realize like how much salt i was using on foods until mm. i moved in with roommates that didn't have a salt addiction and they're like wow that's salt and i went really
3: i thought it could use some more salt well, Brett uh, emails in Chris at HailVarsity and doing it wrong for years. That is what she said. <laughs> Love you, Captain Corona. Thanks for that input. Well, have oh, a great weekend. Oh wait, wait, wait! I've been waiting to
1: use this. That's what. She... Oh wait, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not that's fine. Work
3: out. I, I got to go. All right, it's <laughs> time to go. Have more salt and uh, have a have a cocktail, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning at seven with Hail Varsity.